Hello, and welcome to this week's uh, Photographic Life. Last week, I was talking a little bit about portrait photography and uh, about a particular uh, commission, which was kind of my last commission of the summer, really, as far as I saw it. And um, I just wanted to kind of pick up on that, really. There's a lot of discussion about where we are now as professional photographers. And as I've spoken about in previous podcasts, I came to photography, I suppose, really from the dark side, from wearing the other hat, in that I was the I was the commissioner. I was the one who could give work to photographers and, and as such, give them careers. And I always took that responsibility very, very seriously. So when I started to work as a photographer and I was no longer commissioning photography, for me, the world of photography sort of fell into two very simple areas. There was commissioned and personal work. Uh, I never really saw the word commercial as being relevant um, because I saw commerciality in the art gallery world, in the independent publishing world, uh, in the selling of prints. And therefore, from my perspective, commercial photography was just as likely to come out of personal photography as it was to come out of commissioned photography. Although, of course, commissioned photography is intrinsically, I suppose, commercial in its, um, in its uh, foundation from its starting point. And that's where I wanted to talk about because the portrait I did last week, uh, I went along, I did what I do. I took a picture without any uh, requirement of a, a brief from, from the magazine who I was shooting it for. Um, there was no uh, pin interest. There was no mood board. It's, of course, it was just a simple editorial um, shoot, but it was paid for and the, and the fee was okay. It was a pretty good fee. Um so I was given complete freedom, and therefore, from my perspective, for me, that's personal work. When I actually took on the commission, I made it very clear to the people who were commissioning me that I would only give them maybe three or four frames. That would be it. I certainly wasn't going to give them all of the work, and I certainly wasn't going to allow them to make the decisions on my work. And I've always been really strong about that, because at the end of the day, the picture appears in the magazine with my name next to it. And therefore, I feel it's perfectly reasonable that I take control over that choice because it's my name. It's not the picture editor or the photo editor's name that's going to go next to that image. Anyway, uh, they were happy with that. Um, and I sent in the, the four frames, all of which I was, uh, I was happy with. Obviously, I had uh, there were two that I particularly liked. But I, I gave them all four. And um, then I discovered that the magazine had given the client client approval, something which I wasn't uh, aware of and something which I certainly don't like or agree with. Um, although I have been through that road or down that road many, many times with a lot of the big Hollywood uh, agencies, PR agencies, publicity agencies, back in the in the days when I was art directing. Anyway, um, so fortunately, the uh, the person who was being photographed liked the picture also, and both the client and the, uh, the person who was photographed agreed that the image I thought was the strongest image was the strongest image, and therefore that's the image that will appear full page in the magazine. It's a simple little story, really, and I suppose for many of you listening, this is something you go through on a 
a day-to-day basis. But I think for people who aren't as um, aware or as experienced, perhaps, in the commissioned world, um, they may not be aware that that happens. There's a, a preconceived opinion that the client controls all. It doesn't have to be that way. It often is that way, and certainly I've shot advertising campaigns where there is enough money involved to ensure that everybody gets what they want, that we have the client, we have big teams, uh, and that's fine. But it doesn't have. it's not the only way. So I just thought it was kind of, seeing as that was something that's happened this week, and I, I got the feedback on that this week, I just thought it was a, a point worth raising that actually uh, personal work uh, can directly feed, and actually does increasingly directly feed, into commissioned work. And a lot of the agents, a lot of the clients, are looking for that personal work. It's gone are the days when you uh, needed to have a, a separate portfolio of tear sheets. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of photographers listening to that, uh, listening to this, I should say, of a certain age, who, who well remember the days of uh, laminating prints and tear sheet books. Uh, that, that's gone. We, we, we don't need that anymore. Um, the personal work, that personal visual language can get you work. And you can also take that if you're a strong enough personality and your communication skills are good with your client and you explain to them why you do what you do and the fact that they've chosen you for that reason. If you're good at doing those things, there's no reason why personal work can't be just as commercial as commissioned work. Speaking of personal projects, I've been spending a lot of time over the last week, uh, meetings, collaborations, over a number of different kind of projects, which I'll be announcing, hopefully, within September. Um, it also kind of makes me think this whole project, it's very difficult uh, for photographers, the, uh, I think, today, because, you know, you really do need to be initiating things. You need to be a self-starter, and that's not always easy. And I've spoken out about difficulties with mental health issues, mindfulness, let's call it that, in previous podcasts. It's something that I'm really, really fortunate never have to have suffered. But I think a lot of that is because I come from this perspective of the art director, which is a slightly different approach, I think, to photography um, than a lot of photographers have. But that idea of, I suppose, you know, that it comes back to that thing again of the commercial photographer, the commissioned the personal for so many photographers used to getting commissioned the idea of doing the personal project and as a lot of them used to perceive it and i think it has changed a lot now uh, working for free um it, it, it is the way in which you remain as a photographer you know that personal work and the instigation of those projects i particularly enjoy working on projects which are i suppose photography related because I find those are the ones that stretch me most. So my photography always has kind of an end goal, I suppose, or my engagement with photography always has an end goal before I start the project. That's the way I work things. So I know exactly where what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, what form, whatever I'm working on is going to have before I start. Now, I really recommend that as a way to work. I, because it works for me. I know it doesn't work for a lot of other people, but I have um, a lot of the people who I mentor, the photographers I mentor, 
do seem to get to a point with a project whereby they don't know where to go next. They don't know where to take it. So obviously by starting out with that fixed idea, even if that fixed idea uh, may change, may evolve, may develop, uh, may go right out the window. It's why I always think that at the beginning of a project, the first thing I do, and again, I suppose it goes back to that idea of being an art director. I give the project a name. I probably design up a look for it. There might be a graphic. Um, I might put a website page up. I might, um, if it's a book, I will always design the book cover, even if I'm not going to design the actual book cover. I need that. I need it to feel real. I need it to feel as if it has a reason to exist. And the moment that happens, that's when I can actually move forward with the project with a confidence. Anyway, it's the way I work on it. Um, certainly the way in which um, the projects I'm currently working on, uh, that's how they they work. Um, and I'm very lucky in a lot of those things um, have come together. And as I said, they will be announced over the uh, coming weeks of September. Each week, we're joined by somebody uh, connected with photography, uh, quite often a photographer, um, who has taken on our challenge to tell us what photography means to them in less than five minutes. And uh, really pleased uh, this week that we're joined by Emma Blau. So this is Emma Blau, uh, recording for the UN of Photography's podcast. What does photography mean to me? Um, I think it's a question of where to start, really. Uh, I've always been surrounded by photographs and photography. Um, it works on multiple levels. Um, I have a family background in photography. My grandfather started one of the first photo agencies in this country, uh, Camera Press. He founded that in London in 1947, and it's still family-owned and still based in London. Um, and my father was a photographer for the agency. So I grew up with photography around me. My father always took a lot of photographs of me and my sister and the rest of my family um, for syndication through the agency. Uh, but I never once thought it was something that I might take up myself um, and also take up in a very different way to my father. I finished my A-levels when I was 17. I was moved up a year at school, but I was very much set on a path to being an actress. But all of the top drama schools I applied to uh, wouldn't take anyone under the age of 18. So then I thought, well, I, I can't sit around for a year. What am I going to do? And I was heavily into media studies. I studied it for A-level, which was quite uncommon at the time. And everyone I was studying uh, were theorists from Goldsmiths College at University of London. So I thought, well, that's where I'm going to go. So it was at my time doing my BA at Goldsmiths that um, I want to say was the first time I picked up a camera, but it wouldn't have been because I had always had Instamatic cameras. But um, it was the first time that I'd stopped and thought about the camera as a tool to express yourself visually. Then um, that's what photography is to me. It's it's a medium to express yourself visually. Some people pick up a paintbrush, some people sculpt, and some people choose to take photographs or to use cameras to um, create works of art. And that, for me, was fascinating. And also something that when I went back to Goldsmiths when I was 23 years old to do my master's, 
that's when I really locked it down in terms of spending a whole year exploring not only what photography meant to me, but how I wanted to express my point of view of the world. Um, and that's something that stayed with me ever since. And it stayed with me in all my my exhibition projects that I work on. I tend to work on big, publicly funded exhibition projects that take a lot of time from conception to completion. Um, Invisible Insights, a project I did with the charity Autism London, um, working with autistic adults and using photography to explore how they might see the world around them and also my portraits of them, um, kind of questioning our, as in the audience's, um, perceptions of people based on visual signs. Uh, and then most recently with Face Forward, which was a big public art project that was funded by Westminster Council, where I photographed all the people in the area around Lisson Grove, Church Street Ward, and uh, who are going to be affected by regeneration that's taking place uh, that Westminster Council have embarked upon in the area. And photographing each person and each person's photograph being exhibited at a metre by a metre and a half on the hoarding panels around the building site where regeneration building was taking place. Um, so I've very much used photography as a tool to explore the visual world, not only of myself, but of others, and also to place people within the visual world um, to question our understanding of communities, our understanding of people, essentially. But Another side of photography for me, for me there's two two aspects for photography. There's me producing photographs, but there's also um, viewing other people's photographs because I also work as a curator and I've done archival exhibitions from the camera press archives and, f and directly with photographers in their estates, as well as contemporary uh, work, curating contemporary work. So um, for me, what I find fascinating, one aspect of photography I find fascinating and has a lot of meaning to me is photographs as, as objects, as historical or sentimental and emotive objects. Um, my father died when I was 26. He was only 52. And photos, for me, are a way of remembering him um, and always staying connected. Because when someone dies who's very close to you, I think you constantly are worried that you might somehow lose that connection you once had and photographs for me are a way of maintaining that connection so whether that's photographs he took so photographs of my family um that he took himself or whether they're photographs of him for me photographs as objects have a lot of meaning and that and that feeds into when i curate particularly archive exhibitions um you know, there's very much in my mind the importance of photographs as objects themselves. So the photograph, the image, but also how they're framed, also any captions on the back, um, labels, also the damage, the creases, the when I've curated exhibitions from the camera press archives, these were press prints, these were working press prints. And to see that imprint of how they were used in the creases and the notes on the back and so Photography has multiple meanings for me um, and my background of it always being around me but not really being aware of, of it 
um, is is something that now now that I do work in the photographic arts as both a practitioner and a curator and a theorist to a certain extent. Um, you know, it's interesting to me that isn't the path that I originally set myself on, but it's it's where I ended up. Thanks, Emma. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast, uh, available on SoundCloud at the www.unitednationsofphotography.com, where also there are a lot of articles and writings and reviews and all sorts of stuff to uh, check out, uh, as well as on iTunes. Um, I hope you have a good week, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.